Hey guys, it's Lori here. Just letting you know that this episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more at csbible.com. Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 118, take two, tough conversations with friends. Yes, hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone every day. I'm your host, Lori Krieg, and I do have alongside me my favorite licensed therapist and Argyle expert, my husband, Matt Krieg. Hello. Hey, Matt. And we do have with us the ever faithful and most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hi, guys. Hey, Steve. Man, guys, today we are going to conclude Mm. our series that we've been doing all summer long uh, called Take Two, where we have been seeing which episodes you guys have listened to the most. And then we've also been going back in our own memory banks and being like, man, which episodes did we just keep thinking about and chew on? And this is one of those episodes today. Matt, who are we listening to? Yeah, today we're going to be revisiting the conversation we had with Stephanie Tolley, hearing her story of just wrestling with identity as a black woman, not feeling like she's fitting into to culture and and just how we can talk about race and in tough conversations yeah this was a good i feel like this was one of the starter conversations that we ended up having yeah. coming back to mm-hmm. a lot on racial reconciliation i'm also thinking of uh one that we did recently with rebecca mclaughlin we will have a link to that one too in the show notes because we talk about this at some level uh, with her, like what's the connection? So, so glad to have this conversation uh, with Stephanie today. And um, we're gonna link a few more if you guys are like, I really wanna hear more on this connection between sexuality and uh, racial equity. For those of you who don't know Stephanie, uh, here's a little bit more about her. Stephanie is a follower of Jesus, someone who believes in the power of story, music, prayer, and humor. Uh, She was raised in the south suburbs of Chicago and now lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, where she is a heart and vascular nurse. She's a wife and mom of two elementary-aged kids. Yep, and she's on our discernment team, Mm -hmm. so she helps me, helps our ministry make wise choices, and I'm so grateful for her. Okay, Steve. Roll the last tape. It is a real tape, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's actual physical tape. I'm holding it right here. And <laughs> I'll, I'll just tape. put it. Uh, it's reel to reel. Reel to reel. It's oh. quarter inch. Yeah. High quality. <laughs> here we go. All right, Stephanie, you know what's coming. It is these two questions, which is, if the gospel is, I am more loved than I can imagine and yet more sinful than I believe. When was that gospel first good news for you? And how is it still I'd say it was during a vacation Bible school. I was about six. Uh, I remember peeling my thighs off of a metal folding chair, going forward at yeah. the wrap up. And, it, and I, I just remember in my mind thinking this, this is it. Like I grew up in a Christian home and my father and my mother very much gave us the gospel. And at that time, it was like me giving up, like, okay, fine. But it was a good, it was a relief. It was, it was a peaceful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, and during the 80s, they had that music. There was the flannel, the flannel graph. Oh, yeah. Those boards. I mean, so it was all coming together that week. <laughs> they, they pulled out all the stops with the yes. music and the chairs yes. and the flannel graph. They kept it yes. relevant. Yes. Very. <laughs> I'm guessing there was some graham crackers and Kool-Aid as well. There was Kool-Aid. Yeah. But 
It, was, it, it definitely wasn't sweet enough. Oh, you remember that? <laughs> I love it. It's not. They stretched that Kool-Aid. Yeah. They did. They did. Oh, the I mean, lemonade church. Kool-Aid. It's like church coffee and church Kool-Aid. I mean, some people. Anyway. So. <laughs> Shortbread cookies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, how do you still need that gospel? You know, I would say this past year. Yeah. Um, I had a bad accident actually almost a year ago. Mm. In two weeks, I we were having a, a dinner party, and long story short, I tripped and fell out of my house downstairs. I broke my left ankle and tore my right quad tendon, mm. and so I was I had a bilateral injury and I could not walk mm. for a long time, mm. and so that was like a humbling thing. So I I'm a nurse, and so walking is required in my job. Yeah, so I was off of work. Um, I will say my coworkers are amazing. Mm. They did several of them came by just to see to see my feet in the air but I, I will say it was humbling I think the Lord met me he literally broke my leg like it was just one of those things you know Psalm 23 he makes me lie down in yeah. green pastures I was made to slow down mm. um, I, I like things organized and planned and controlled none of that I, I had to my mother-in-law came over to my house and I say mother in love because Mama T, she's the <laughs> best wedding gift I ever got. Like mm-hmm. for real. Mm-hmm. Um, every day, five days a week, this woman got my children up, cooked clean. And I would literally couldn't even, I couldn't give my kids a bath. And it was, the Lord caused me to give up control. And so it was, it, it's been um, a reawakening of his grace. Yeah. Of me recognizing um, how how I clutch control, mm-hmm. how I um, how I like to control things around me, my environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Lord is peeling my hands back from a lot of that, and um, I am His grace is is surrounding me, is grabbing me. Mm-hmm. Well, I can already relate to a lot of that. I know we've had some conversations about those things. Um, But guys, you who are listening, as we dive into this race and sexuality conversation, the purpose of it is to demonstrate how we can have these conversations and we're not going to necessarily solve all racial tension and sexual brokenness. But I find that simply learning to talk, like just kind of getting the language is really important and can fight the polarization that we're seeing in the world. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I, I can... I can dance circles kind of at this point in the LGBT conversation, sexuality, like it's, I know it, I know how to engage it. And if I don't know it, I'm like, I know how to at least ask the questions, but I can get sometimes a little awkward around the racial conversation because I don't want to offend. And I also am like aware that I'm not aware of how I'm offending and saying the wrong thing. But, you know, we've had one conversation about um, racial reconciliation on here, like directly with Kanita. And I told her, I appreciate how she lets me ask the dumb questions, quote unquote. But, and you, you do the same for me. But one thing I've really appreciated in my sharing my story of sexual brokenness, you willingly just like, we're like, oh, and this is how that relates to my journey. So, Let's let's engage there to where we can relate. And I guess just specifically beginning with how did we first interact? Like, what was that that brought us together? Actually, it was interesting. I was listening to Java with Julie. Yeah. Um, I, w- I had gone back to Oak Park, where I call home. 
In outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was at the Y, I was on the recumbent bike and, you know, making it sweat. And <laughs> I I was and I heard you like shout out Grand Rapids. Yeah. And I was like, What? And then I just listened to your story and you and your husband, it, I mean, it was like amazing. Mm. You know, it's like slow motion, but in sound. Yeah. And immediately when you talked about the shame that gripped you yeah, and how you hid that, I immediately, it hit me because at that time I had, if you back up during the 80s mm-hmm. in the South Suburbs, yeah, I grew up in South, a place called South Holland. Back then, there was it was mostly white, mm. and we were one of the few black families to be to live there. Actually, mm. one of the first. Wow. And uh, I went to uh, a conservative, reformed church, and we were one of the few black families in that 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 space. And I, you know, I remember. Um, always being so attracted to all these white boys. Hmm. And I was like, man, I, I, and in my, in my mind, I was like, I gotta get rid of this. Cause that was a, was that like a, in your family culture, like a bad thing or was that? It, in- it actually wasn't, huh. it wasn't a bad thing. In my mind, I, you know, kids pick up on social cues. Yeah. And I understood at a very early age that was not allowed oh, in my okay. church. Like in there your was, church, in your school, and anywhere specifically yeah. church, and well, specifically, yeah, those those close circles in my life. It was like we love you, and you're Christians, but you you know I'm, you're not dating my son. <gasps> I mean, and that and that and and that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I and and so in my mind, I just was like, I'm not telling anybody about this. I'm gonna put this away. And mm-hmm. I remember. Um, trying to like talk myself out of it Mm. and I prayed I'm like I don't want to like these little boys because as it is I was very much aware of how different I was (laughs) and how I was um other Other. if if that's a term and so there was just a and back then there were a lot of things that were said to us um said to my mother said to my father things that happened to our house like what if well, when we first share. moved in, they they threw a um, a log through our front window. Who's they? Do you know who the they is? We don't. We don't know. It was the middle of. I remember it was it was like January. Oh. I was five, and we had these large windows in our living room, and they in, in the middle of the night we heard this big crash, oh. and then cold air. So I will say our our neighbors, our immediate neighbors, most of them were pretty civil, but it was like you know. There was definitely words that, like, you know, your kids aren't allowed playing with mm. our kids. So mm. it, it is something that um, has molded us. One thing, we always watched our mother. My, our, my mother um, was always like, you know, you have to feel sorry for those kids because that's that's what they believe. And wow. that's pitiful. Yeah. And my mother always said we should pray for them. And but there's I mean, we there's eight of us. I have seven siblings. We all have different personalities and we absorb that experience in different ways. Mm. And I think in my mind, I always thought I didn't want to uh, have like this. And and I was, and I remember, you know, when you're growing up, you're 11 and 12, you have these crushes. Yeah. I had like the worst crush. And I remember I was like, man, 
Like, I got to keep this under. Like, nobody wants to be rejected. And I mean, I was like, I wasn't that cute. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. you know, I mean, I had. So I just I think for myself, it was just self-preservation. Mm -hmm. But I did carry like a lot of shame that I couldn't make this go away. If that makes any sense. So when you heard, first of all, I just am like, ugh, I want to cry right now. But um, I hear how you could have related to my story then mm -hmm. at some level, even though I'm like, oh, no, that's a whole different ball game. Like I didn't have bricks thrown through the window and it wasn't my whole family. It was just my own personal shame. But you felt that to your core. Like yeah. when I was talking shame and feeling like. Okay, I feel this, but no, the answer is no. It's an automatic no, and you have to hide it and bury it, and you feel like you have to hate yourself to get rid of it, but it just doesn't go away. So I know that we've compared some of the, the pain in our story, specifically this area, but I would love to just hear how has God done healing of that that shame in your life and and how you know now you're married to a white dude like how did you process that i think it it's kind of like you know typically people say onion there are several different seasons of yeah. healing yeah i think in terms of just um early i had um a youth group leader her name was sherry herman she was a jewish lady who got saved her husband at the time Roy was not saved, mm. but he he did come to Christ. He is in the Lord now. Yeah. And she was all all in. She was it didn't matter what you look like and but she had a particular soft spot for our our family and myself and my brother. And she spoke such affirmation mm. into my life during those formidable years. Yeah. And she she would um always you know God loves you and and at that time, you know, it, was, it, it seemed simple, but it was like this person loving me on top of loving me. And God used a lot of her encouragement and her sound wisdom and just watching her, her life and watching how she loved us mm. as a healing balm. I here's a question. Okay, so now I want to do some comparison too. Is people will say to me, Lori, I can't love LGBT people like you can, mm -hmm. or I can't, you know, or I can feel like that when it comes to the racial conversation. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm intrinsically can't do anything because I'm white, and I feel like I'm just like I I almost feel shame because I'm like I want to I want to love and I want to do things right, but like what you're saying is like no, just speak love, and that's what I'll tell people in in the LGBT conversation. No, you don't have to have my story and my struggles and my whatever in order to love and care for LGBT people. You just have to speak it. So can you talk a little bit into that, like why it wasn't necessary to have someone who looked and walked your exact shoes to speak life into you? I think it's it's kind of like if you go back to scripture. We're all connected and then yeah. God, God, we are one body, yep. especially us in Christ. And God has, you know, in the, the arm and the leg and he's given gifts, different gifts. And so I think that like our outsides are unique because I really, I'm going to be a black girl forever. Yeah. Like in, in heaven, yep. this is it. This yep. is how I'm going to roll. Yep. And, but in that perfection. Yeah. And I think that the Lord, I think, um, gives uh, 
a call. Like I have a friend, her name is Joan. She's in my Bible study now. And she is a single Dutch um, white woman. Mm -hmm. And she, the Lord has given her a fire in her bones to be a haven for foster children. Mm. And in this area, she's, she's most likely going to get little black kids. Yeah, she is. Mm -hmm. And she, that, but she is, she knows cause she knows cause she knows that, that God has given her this call mm. and she's, she's listening. So the spirit being, being sensitive to what the spirit has given you yeah. the assignment, so to speak, or divine appointments, however you want to speak, how, whatever language you can give, you want to give it, mm -hmm. um, is, is important. And I don't, I don't think, you know, it's interesting, you know, you go back to that story, Moses is in, in, in the wilderness, minding his own business and he sees this bush. And so he goes over and, you know, the Lord's like, hold up, hold up. You, you got to take your shoes off, friend, because this, this here is holy. Yeah. And then um, he finds out, fast forward a little bit and God tells him what he gives him his assignment. And he like in the presence of the Lord says, nope. I can't do it. I'm stuttering. I mean, he, his, his, his brokenness, um, he tried to let his brokenness stop him from doing what God had, had purpose for him to do. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us um, have made mistakes, had hard conversations, offended the wrong person. Mm -hmm. And it's been a painful, awkward experience. Don't let that stop you. Yeah. Keep walking, you know, being, being present practicing God's presence, but keep walking in that assignment God yeah. has given us. Yep. Yep. And give each other grace as we're yes. stumbling through it. And I think yes. that some of it too, it's like with the same measure that you judge others, you'll be judged. And I think that if we're judging others, like if, if I was to be like, Oh, well mm, you said that line wrong. You didn't call that person that right thing. You know, if my, if I'm being judgy of others, then I'm going to judge really myself that way. Cause I'm going to be like, well, I'm, I can't be perfect in these other areas. I'm perfect in this one, but not in that one. And so then it's going to paralyze me and that's gross. So if we can give each other grace in this space. Hey, Matt, Steve, uh -huh. Yes. you want to hear something cool? Sure. What is it? So we were in our real life small group the other week and Matt volunteered to read something from the Bible. Okay. Yeah. I read it. And do you know what happened? What? I got asked the question. What translation is that? Our friends loved it. Which one was it, Matt? The CSB, <laughs> Christian Standard Bible. No kidding. The one that's been sponsoring the podcast. So you guys actually read it in real life. Yeah, we really like how it reads. We're so familiar with things like the NIV and the ESV and NLT, which we love. But the Bible can sadly become kind of like white noise to us. Yeah. I've really appreciated how the CSB is both familiar, but also fresh and new. Yeah. That is really cool, guys. It is. So if you guys listening want to shake up your usual reading routine with a high scholarship translation that is familiar yet new, hit up csbible.com to see all of what the Christian Standard Bible has to offer. Okay, so um, God used a woman to heal and care for you. I, I want to finish your story, but real quick, because this is important to note, mm. we're comparing already this like pain and beauty with the, the racial conversation next to the sexual brokenness thing. But being black isn't broken, you know, it's not. <laughs> so uh, can you tell me where, where does the comparison end? Um, which sorry, one more thing is you'll see these signs. I'm sure you guys have seen them around that. Yeah. It's like black lives matter. I'm like, yes. And science is real. I'm like, totally. And then it's like, love is love. And I'm like, Ugh. 
<laughs> you yeah. know, like, yes, if you're saying First Corinthians 13, yes, of course, but I know what you mean when you're saying that. And yeah. so, like, I, there's so much, like, almost the whole thing on the sign. I'm like, yeah, right on. But can you help us understand why, where, where do we differ? Okay, so, you know, what's interesting is, um, the world is lumped all this together, yeah. but we have the Bible. We have God's inerrant word, perfect mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. And he knows what he created us. He wove us together, is weaving us together. And he has given us um, guidelines and he has told us what is best for us mm-hmm. because he knows mm-hmm. he made us. And so with that, he said that this behavior, mm-hmm. um, he has not said, and, and there are people and we know, People who say having homosexual, same-sex attraction is part of the sin. It's actually not. It's, it's, it's brokenness. Yeah. It's, it's acknowledging that this is, a bro- this is broken in my flesh. It's a part of the fall, but to just experience Absolutely. it isn't a sin. It's a temptation. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and I think that that's, that's something for myself um, I didn't always understand. Okay, yeah. I mean, and I think and these past five, 10 years, God has really brought, I believe his real voice into that in mm-hmm. terms of me understanding that um, there was the, not the a temptation tr- isn't a sin in itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's walking in that temptation, mm-hmm. um, participating in that temptation mm-hmm. and participating in homosexual behavior. God mm-hmm. says, this is not his best for us. Yeah. He, he knows, mm-hmm. but he has not said that, um, the people he created should not commingle. Right. He he did make that separation of his, you know, he made a separation in terms of like Israel, not commingling with um, the other outside people, but it was because of him. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to be holy. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to be set apart. But all through scripture, it talks about people being woven into um Israel. Mm-hmm. So does that make any sense? Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it kind of aligns with the the whole, like, you know, how can a, how can a believer and it don't be yoked to a non-believer like not, not even from a, a racial standpoint, but from just a, a belief standpoint, if you have these foundational different belief systems that you're going to be operating out of, like, how do you, how do you have union, like, like true union with that person if they don't carry the same theological belief systems they don't even believe in god or anything and so yeah i I think you know the 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 racial piece yeah the dividing of keeping israel separate was was because of that that theological belief to keep him at the center and that has even carried forward that he still in our marriages wants to be the center right you know and so there's still even stipulations of hey don't be yoked to a non-believer, but it, it has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with, you know, any of these other socioeconomic things. I love what you said too earlier, just how you'll still be black in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm I'm not going to experience this sexual brokenness in heaven. Right. Mm. I'm going right. to be, I like the angels. That's what <laughs> Jesus said. And there's not going to be sexual brokenness. And everyone in this room, your yeah. sexual brokenness, mm-hmm. Stephanie and Steve and Matt, like it's mm-hmm. not going to be there, but you're still going to be black in heaven and I'll be this pasty, pasty white. <laughs> <laughs> no, God's going to dress that up, girl. Oh, thank He's you. Gonna dress That's it true. Up. <laughs> be like Eve. She probably had a great tan. Your, your clothes He's are going to be so, the robes are going to be so white that you will look fancy. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> He's dressing it up. And I think, guys, you know, I 
when I engage conversation or, you know, Christianity Today just had a lead article um, this last month where they were talking about uh, the tax exempt status that mm. could be removed from nonprofits. Mm. And it was a good article in that it was like, this couldn't, this won't probably be the worst. If this happens, it's likely. It's not going to be the worst. But where I struggled was that they juxtaposed people who are opposed opposed to same-sex marriage right next to... Did you read it, Stephanie? Yes. They put it right next to like literal racists who were fighting losing their tax-exempt status in the like 80s and 90s and apologized in like 2006 or something or 2009 for their racists. And so mm. it, a quick read of that would be like, oh, super conservative Christians fighting for again uh, fighting for segregation essentially mm-hmm. oh and now in 2020 super conservative christians Lori, now this is you fighting against losing tax exempt status because of same-sex marriage well then these super conservative christians were wrong about race they must be wrong about same-sex marriage idiots the whole thing is one big thing did you read that and what did you think of it stephanie i thought the wording there i was disappointed yeah that's my politically correct answer. There you go. <laughs> it was disappointing. It was. It was disappointing. I, th- I think. Um, I think uh, it's one article. Yeah. And I think it. And articles are written by people. Right. But that is. But and this is really not to rag on that article. I hear this tone and this grouping in yeah. of conversation because they'll start Stephanie like you and me. Uh-huh. It'll be someone like me who let's say is let's say they not don't just say they experience attractions the same gender, but they're gay or they're whatever. So I'll say they're I'm gay and this is who I am, and then they talk to you, uh-huh. Stephanie. And let's say you were iffy on your theology. And you, as a woman who grew up with your pain, you start mm-hmm. hearing my pain and my ostracization. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh my goodness, we're the same. Oh my goodness, this is this, we are one for one. We got to fight for each other. I've seen it guys over and over. And I'm yeah. like, oh, dear friends, your heart is right to want to have this oneness and to have this this oneness, but Matt, to your point and to your Stephanie, it's got to be oneness under God, under the Lord. And yeah. I, I think um, when you have churches, when you enter churches who are affirming, yeah, and um, they want to be inclusive, mm-hmm. um, to me, I, I, it breaks my heart because I know that there is a place where they they want to bring. Um, healing. Yes, they do. And what Stephanie means by affirming is not just affirming. Like I affirm you as a human. She means affirming of same sex marriage. So you, it breaks your heart because you're saying they want to bring healing. Their heart is genuinely in such a precious place, but, but they are not promoting what God says is best. Yeah. And again, we have to go back to, we are his. Yeah. He created us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's where the core of, I, in my mind, where the core of atheism is, um, there are people who refuse to acknowledge God because they, they don't want anybody in charge. They don't want to have to give an account, they think. Yeah. But we all are going to have to give an account. That's right. And so um, it, it is important to, quote unquote, split that hair. Yeah. Because really, we want people to, to have uh, a deeper walk with the Lord. And affirming this behavior is, is not going to bring that. And precious ones, this is where we really need to just like land it and look at you all is I know 
I know that we want to be so inclusive and there's a good heart desire in there. We want to be so kind and don't want to offend anyone except if we're online and then we can get snarky and stuff. But like, especially in person, (laughs) like we want to be real gentle and chill and like it's it's no longer like I feel like 10 years ago, it like our generation, it was whatever. I'll just make all the old people mad because I believe that God is this and that. And in, in some ways, those were like good things. You know, we were fighting the people who are fighting for racist stuff, you know, like back then that was cool. Fighting for God's design for marriage is not cool. No, it is not going to win you friends. And, but here's the deal. Exactly what you just beautifully said, Stephanie, is we all are going to die one day. Yes, 100%. 100%. 100%. Unless, I don't know, Enoch or something else. Jesus, <laughs> please come back. I'm begging you, please come back. But you don't get to, you're going to go to heaven in, before the Father, mm-hmm. and you're not going to go with your friend who you're like, yeah, love is love. But God, I just, I, I said that. In Romans 2, the beginning of it is not only do you do these things, which it's not just same-sex stuff that's in Romans 1, but in Romans 2, he said, you encourage others to do the same. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be held accountable for our yes. hipster status of shutting our mouths and not saying, hey, yes, I know I empathize and I hear you and I love you. And you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast for five minutes, you know, we talk about grace. Mm-hmm. But there is a point that we do have to toe the line and say this. Oh, dear friend, like this is not God's best. Yes, I relate to this, but this is different in this way. All right. I feel like you want to say something. Go for it. Well, I, 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 I Girl, you're getting that mm-hmm for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I think what's important is one thing that I've loved about this ministry mm-hmm. is that you have called the church yeah. to, to come alongside. I mean, if someone is called to singleness or to a um, mixed orientation, mixed orientation yeah. you got a girl, mm-hmm. a marriage, they are going to need community yep. and safe yeah. genuine authentic community and everybody's not going to always get that space but you need to be listening to the holy spirit in your guidance yeah you need to how do i say this stop running your mouth yeah. sometimes people have so much to say about what they don't understand mm. there needs to be some listening yeah yeah and hearing people's stories is a gift mm. when someone gives you um, their testimony or shares their story, they are gifting you yep. uh, an experience. Yep. And I think there's so much um, talking and so little listening. And I think that like we we as a people have, have divided ourselves. Mm-hmm. As a church, mm-hmm. it, it is um, sad yep. to me. And I think one thing Hole in My Heart Ministries does is they call the church out like, look, mm-hmm. let's open our eyes. Yep. Yep. That's it. And I love what you're saying there, Stephanie, too, is, you know, when I'm saying, hey, we got to toe the line at some point. These are with people, you know, and you love. You're not going to go do this on the Internet. It's not going to be someone you just met. And and when you when you do it, it is in this tender way. You like, hey, this is yes. Oh, I do so relate to this. And, you know, I, I this is where I disagree in that posture and in that tone. And and when you have earned that relational currency, which if you want to learn more about that, we're still we're still doing journey well workshops <laughs> so if you guys want to learn more you can get our study or hit us up we're doing a lot of these workshops and teaching you how to have those conversations how to come alongside people how to earn that relational currency 
I mean, we're happy to do that. But man, Stephanie, thank you for stepping into our world today and for helping us do this conversation um, and, and have more of these. Oh, absolutely. I, you know what? I think that in heaven, we'll look back mm-hmm. and we'll say, wow. And, and, and honestly, I know when you asked me if I would be willing to come here and share, and I'm like, absolutely, I will. Mm-hmm. And that was the Lord. I think the, mm-hmm. it's because it's easy to kind of hide your mess. <laughs> it is. It's very easy to hide your mess. Yep. It was the Lord. And I know that God has really uh, divinely orchestrated this friendship and relationship. And so just thanks for, thanks for being my friend. Girl. (laughs) Thank you. Goodness. I love her. All right. This is Lori again in present day. What'd you guys think of this episode? Let us know by hitting up lorikrieg.com. And uh, if you have other questions or concerns, snag the contact form and someone on our team will get back to you. Yeah, guys, we thank you so much for, for sticking with us through this summer series. And next time you hear us, we will be starting season five. What? Man, all the good things have five. Do T- they? Take five, five, five. five. <laughs> Iron Frenzy, Family Force 5. No, those aren't cool anymore. 5 for fighting. <laughs> no, it's still Superman. not Superman, cool. anyway. Superman? <laughs> that was their song. Oh, more wow. More than a bird, more than a plane. I just like took all those old bands yep. and songs and just buried them deep. Deep. You deep. just keep them fresh. Five layers I'm over, deep. I'm over here thinking Jackson 5. Oh, so. there you go. That, that's also a good five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's give each other a high five. Yes. For high doing five. this season. We are so glad you all joined us for this series. It's been fun. Okay, for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, we'll see you next week and next season. <laughs>